And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back, everybody. A uh, very scratchy-throated Arthur Staple here, welcoming you to the Garden Faithful Podcast, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. Joined, as always, uh, back home in the uh, near near the main office in New York, Steve Valaket. Steve, how are you doing, my friend? Well, it's been a busy day. I've been on the ice, I've been in the office, on the road, and now I'm in the hotel. Excellent. Well, I am out here 3,000 miles away in beautiful Seattle, where the Rangers are facing the Kraken tonight. Um couple of interesting results last week after we chatted uh, the big the big uh, explosion in Detroit. Dad's trip. Great story from you and your dad. I hope you guys are still on speaking terms. <laughs> um, so the weekend results uh, results were mixed, but I think the 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 way that they played again. I feel like we keep going back to this. Well, they're eight six and three, but on your site, uh, high danger scoring chances four and against. They're top ten in both. It might even be top five in both by now. And top five. top five. And that is a sign of a healthy team, a team that's headed to the playoffs, a team that could do some damage in the playoffs, that's playing the right way, as the coaches like to say. So from the weekend, 2-1 loss in Nashville, 4-1 win over a very eh, Coyotes team. What did you see, Steve? What do you like? Is there anything you don't like other than the, the record right now? That's it. I, I just don't like the record, and it's unfortunate because it feels a lot like last season uh, in reverse. 
Yeah. It was exactly the way we experienced last season where we were happy the team was winning, but we were really unsure about the long view because the underlying numbers just didn't match up what was happening up until about January 10th is when everything changed. Um, look, they don't score a goal on the power play. They're 0 for 5 in Nashville on Saturday, but they came back on Sunday and after a lousy first period, which I understand from the player's perspective, these guys had nothing to give. I... You know, Arthur, I remember putting on my gear some days during my hockey career. And if folks don't know, I played 15 years in 15 leagues, okay? So it wasn't like I saw the East Coast League and Italy in Russia, some of the travel you can imagine where we flew through the night to arrive mm. somewhere and then play and then fly back. That, that was our trip to Habarovsk, which was right on the border of uh, Mongolia, China, and being in the NHL wasn't any different sometimes. You're playing a bunch of high-level teams that are playing fast, and the game Saturday was a physical one against Nashville. Come back, and you know what? You're putting your gear on the next day, and you're probably saying to yourself, I mean, are we really playing a hockey game right now? Like, is this is this actually going down? Because you don't feel yourself. And it was a four-shot first period that became a three shot first period after <laughs> we got into the intermission. They lost right. a shot. They lost a shot. But... Uh, at the end of it, I look at it like this. It's week to week, this NHL season. It's week to week. And they had 12 even strength goals during the week. They had four power play goals during the week. All in all, not a bad week. Keep going. Keep marching along. Uh, I love the way they're playing right now. I'm sorry. like I know that the results aren't there. And sometimes, sometimes um, they could compete a little bit harder on pucks and, and those things. But overall, when you're within league-wide context, at least, this is a good team. They just haven't been as rewarded as we would had hoped at this point. So they're going to start getting some points. And I think this is the time, too, where you urge uh, certain points of your coaching staff because you've got one guy in charge of the PK and one guy in charge of the penalty kill and or excuse the power play, but you don't, I don't think you want to change a whole lot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of running with it right now. I'm, I'm going to run out the same lineup play the same way. And I think the results are going to come. Now I do want to talk something that I know is near and dear to your heart. And that is the experience of Yaroslav Halak so far. He was good in Nashville, good enough to get a point. He's played five games as a Ranger. He hasn't won any of them. They've lost one in overtime, probably deserved to get some points in at least a couple more of the ones that he hasn't, but they've scored five goals for him in five games. Mm -hmm. Now you're the backup. I don't know. You don't have to go very far to visualize this because you were a backup for most of your NHL career. When you get in, you know, the guys love the backup goalie. You're, you're a big part of the room, even if you're not the guy that's playing all the time, but it's, you're a guy who's got time to, to be close to everybody, do all those kinds of things. And then they don't perform for you. Is it a, is, does it, does it spiral at all? Because the, the starts are so few and far between. I mean, Halak is an intense guy and he's been a starter He's been a backup. He's done both roles, so he should be able to handle himself no matter what happens. But does it start to snowball a little bit where guys start to think, we got to get this guy some goals, and then the reverse happens? I wish I could say through my experience that I've gone through what Halak is going through right now. But for whatever reason, I, I had a knack for winning early. Like I never started – I think I won my first game every year. I never <laughs> got off to a start like that because, quite frankly – um, it's a scary feeling before the season begins to imagine that you could go 0-4, 0-5, or worse. And I felt like I always had a lot of urgency just to get going the right way. And I was I was good at starts. Like I, and that's even in the American League, 
even in the East Coast League, like wherever I played. I, so I don't know how much he's thinking about his record right now, but I do know with 17 years of experience that he does have that you know how to park these things by now. Mm-hmm. You're just too experienced. Uh, experienced athletes understand that when you start thinking about results, your season will spiral because you are so distracted on something that is completely out of your control. Your process and how you approach your day-to-day, that will allow you to be successful. The results will show up, but you can't chase them. I'd imagine that he's being reinforced all the time from Benoit right now. Play your game. The guys will start scoring. Give us a chance to win. That's oftentimes the message from Benoit. And I'm sure things will turn for him too. Um, out of his starts, I think he had a bad start against Columbus. Right. Um, other than that, I mean, I'd be nitpicking a little bit. He, the Islanders start, I'd say, yeah, a couple of the goals could have had back. But overall, he's been pretty good. So once again, I mean, do you want to – do you want to rush into something and overreact or do you understand that you know look let's let's look at this at the full picture here and, and stay steady with this guy and i think that's the plan looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now I'll switch gears to a topic we've talked about a lot. That's Igor Shesterkin, um, presumably starting in gold tonight because the Rangers have been off for a while. Um, two things with Igor. After the game against Arizona, where it was much more similar in in at least stylistically to a game that he played in the first two months of last season where he was peppered by shots. He was not peppered by high danger chances in this game against Arizona. That was, I think, the big difference where they were at a, what, 20 to four shot advantage. And it felt like the chance, the, the high danger chances were probably pretty close to even, even about midway through the second period before the Rangers finally started to get going. Um, where he said after that game, it, it does take time to get used to a different style. And the Rangers have become a much tighter defensive team. They don't give up as many shots and chances as they did the first half of last season. But that was also when he established his Vezina Trophy credentials last year and his Hart Trophy credentials last year. He was the guy. And now, as you and I have discussed on this show many times, he doesn't have to be the guy. He just has to be really good Igor Shosturkin. And he may be struggling with that a little bit. And then I'll fast forward before I before I ask you what you think, yesterday out here in Seattle, I talked to Igor, and I'll be writing that up uh, tomorrow. So athletic readers, you'll have to wait a little bit for the full picture of what he's dealing with. But he definitely agreed with that premise that this is a little different coming off a season like he had last year. Um, And when I was asking a question and saying, well, you know, just when you have a bad game, and he stopped me and said, not one, lots. (laughs) Lots. <laughs> and I looked at him and he said, and I said, what do you mean? He said, 90% bad this year. And that, you know, he's a funny guy and he does like to joke around. But also, I think that reveals a little bit of the pressure that he puts on himself that Henrik Lundqvist did, that all goalies do, great or good or whatever. But he seems to be having a little bit of trouble making the adjustment to being a goalie who's expected to make all the saves on a team that doesn't have 
it isn't letting him make all the saves and get comfortable and face pucks and feel and and get in the flow of the game early. So, yeah. what do you make of all that? And and uh, you know, he's not bad. He's not been bad. I mean, obviously the record is good, the numbers are good. They're just not great. And do they need him to be great to be a good team? No, they don't need him to be great because as we sit here today, the Rangers are fourth best in chances against. They just need Igor to be himself. Um, You know, when I fell in love with goaltending was 1993. The St. Louis Blues played against the Toronto Maple Leafs in in a very memorable first round where Curtis Joseph was facing 45 to 55 shots every game. He was out of this world. And it was so fun to watch. I was a I was a Leafs fan, but I enjoyed watching Cujo just go out there and play lights out. Cujo later on in his career ended up in Detroit, and it was in 2002 that he was expected to be the guy to go in there. The expectations are top goalie, going to deliver, Hall of Famers through our lineup. He couldn't play in those conditions. He just couldn't play unless he was getting a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. And, and if he was... In this conversation with us right now, he'd admit that he never adapted to being able to be in a game unless he was the storyline. That was a big part of his career. Now, yes, it's a big difference. And that's why I I talk so often about not taking a lot of low danger shots on the opposition because you're feeding right into what every goalie loves. A lot of shots from the perimeter, clear view, whatever can get me into the rhythm, because what ultimately Igor is trying to accomplish is he wants to get his timing. Timing is everything. Because if I'm on my skates and we can agree that Igor, every save he makes during the season, he will end up with his knees on the ice at some point during the save. It's all about when. And when I hit my space bar on my computer the morning after the Rangers play, and I'm pausing the puck releasing off the shooter's stick because oftentimes with our analytics company, we have to count the frames. Each frame is 33.3 uh, seconds per frame. So we want to see that. How much time does the player have the puck on their stick? Is the goalie committing early? And I should always be able to pause and see the puck halfway between where Igor is after it's left the shooter's stick. That that distance is exactly what timing looks like in its purest form. And what happens then is Igor would receive the puck and then his knees would hit the ice. He had not been doing that up until the Arizona game. It's not there. I could show you the clips. He's down and he's reaching with his arms up. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good as a goaltender. You know it. You're like, you know it. You, you're going down early. And when you start going down early in a game – We talked about this in the previous podcast where he was going up and down five times during one sequence where the puck never even made it to the net. Like that's another sign. So again, all that Igor wants to do right now is find his timing. And he knows, he knows if he was going to boil it down to one thing, he just wants to get into a rhythm of the season right now and really hoping he gets the start in Seattle tonight because he started to build that against Arizona. That was the first time I started seeing him come back. In fact, twice when the Coyotes got to the slot, he was able to actually stay on his skates while he protected the upper part of the net with his glove. And that's a really good sign because now you're not even getting down to the ice at all. And those are rare moments for a lot of goalies. That's how good his timing is, that he was able to stay on his edges that split second longer. But yeah, that's that's ultimately what, what he wants to accomplish. In that game against Arizona, 
he received 16 low danger perimeter clear view shots and they dumped the puck on him seven times, which is also really good when you're a good puck handler, it gets you into the rhythm of the game and feeling it. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those, it was one of those games that I thought was favorable for him. He had to face six high danger. He gave up one goal, probably felt great about his game. And you know, you, you, Arthur, you know how it is. These guys carry that confidence into practice couple good days of practice and you hope that he comes back in Seattle with it tonight. You mentioned that word confidence, which um, was kind of the the animating word for me to go talk to Philip Heedle yesterday and had a great conversation with him. He's an interesting young man, uh, has a lot to say. I think people, not necessarily in our business, but maybe people, fans on the outside say, well, this, you know, this young guy, young guy, English is not his first language, even though he's been here a while. Maybe he doesn't have the ability to give those kind of insights, but Filipino is one of those guys who can and uh, taught me a new word, the word for confidence in Czech, which I don't even think I could pronounce right now, but <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Are you sure? Are you I sure? think so. Probably not. I probably got it wrong. I did. I did spell it right in the story. At least that's all that matters. Um, and it's obviously a big thing for any young player, any not so young player either. But I think, and you and I talked a little bit about this before I went in to go talk to him, the two goals he scored last week were goals that a confident player scored. And I don't think we saw that in the regular season at all last season with him, certainly in the playoffs with the way that he played. But that's, you know, playoffs is a lot about adrenaline and you're playing every other day and it's it's hard to sustain all that stuff. But the the goals that he scored, as you, you and I were talking about against the Islanders in the first period... Keandre Miller has the puck after a very dominant shift by that Heedle Kravtsov Kreider line. And then Heedle's in a good shooting position in space in the high slot and he bangs a stick on the ice. He's not doing it. He's not beaver tailing it like a lot of guys, like some guys do, but he just <laughs> one loud crack and Keandre slides the puck to him and he scores. And then in Nashville, the only goal the Rangers scored, Adam Fox is behind the net. Heedle's driving the net. He's a little close to the to Nashville's defensive structure. A lot of guys there. Back pedals out about five feet, finds some space. He can elevate the puck. Adam Fox is Adam Fox. Obviously, he's going to get it there. Boom, in the net. These seem like goals that a guy who's learning how to be, who's who's playing smarter than maybe he has in a, in a regular season in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I had a really good conversation uh, with one of the parents of one of the goalies that I coached the other day. He's a magician. And <laughs> he said to me, it was so good. This guy's name is Danny Magic. He, but he, a big part of uh, being a magician, I don't know if this is news to you or not, but they create their own tricks and they sell them to like a David Blaine. And, mm-hmm. and, and they sell for a lot of money. And he said to me, I think the whole key to life is you have to know where to train your bad in a place where you can make mistakes, struggle, and search and try and figure it out with the bright lights not on you. And I was like, okay, well, where's your place for that? And he said, old age homes. He goes to <laughs> old age homes to practice his tricks. He gets fluent with them. He fails. He's not being judged harshly. But then when it's ready for show business or trade or purchase, he's able to really show it well. Isn't that one thing that we just don't have in our game anymore? Right. Nobody wants to play in the American Hockey League. Heedle comes over at 17 and and does a really good job for the time that he did have in the AHL, but he never really played a full season. Mm-hmm. But but his time there, he did really well. He played played well. But 
he is just taking a little bit longer, in my opinion, because of what we have in the world, which is a salary cap that's triple hard. And and you have to have entry-level contracts that are contributing to your lineup. So guy like Hedl comes in early. But right now, what is he? Is he five years? He's, yeah, he's six years in. This is his sixth year as a New York Ranger. And you're going to see moments now where he's learned and it might be a little bit slower of a process because you don't have that concentration of time in the American League that guys once did. Like I've always said, you need 200 games as a goalie uh, in the American Hockey League or Europe, and then you know who, what you have in a, in a guy that could play in the NHL. And same thing for a defenseman coming up to the NHL. 200 games in the National Hockey League until you know what you have in them. But for a guy like Hedl, he's popping out of space now in, in the two goals that you just described. And he's understanding that he, with the flexibility that he has generating power into his shot, his one-timer from distance is more effective than him being on top of the goaltender and punching it into their pads. He's mm-hmm. elevating the puck from a distance that he's able to, with great footwork, hockey IQ, gets open. I read your article this morning and how Adam Fox described how he was really happy to see Heedle pop into that space. Because that's a big piece of it. Like To me, every, behind every great passer is an amazing target. And that's what Heedle's done right now. He's understand where the, he understands where the ice is. So through this growth of this time that's now passed, that's why you can't move off your young guys too soon. Because it's not the same development path that Chris Drury and myself and guys from my era were used to seeing. It, wasn't, it was once where... Two, three years minor leagues, AHL. At one point, 78% of the NHLers played in the American Hockey League. Not the case anymore. Yeah. And also, you don't, now it just takes a little bit longer, a little bit more patience. I love the way he's playing. He's got every tool within his toolbox to be able to be a player. And now he's got some confidence. So I guess what I would say is in closing, when you draft a guy like Philip Heedle, you have to put him in a, in a place to be successful. It hasn't always been easy to put him in a place to be successful because of the current conditions of the way the league is run. And this has nothing to do with the Rangers. This is just hockey now. And now he's been able to battle through that time, Arthur, and he has confidence. And that's the that's the outcome you want because now you can find out what you have in that player because when he has confidence, he can show you exactly what he's capable of. Yeah, and I think... Most telling numbers that I found, of course, on your site. Last season, he had 119 scoring chances. 31 of those were clear-sighted shots from outside the slot, which are one of the lowest percentage success rates of any scoring chance that you guys chart. 31 of 119. So over 25% are him just throwing 40-foot shots on the goalie. And maybe just to say, well, I don't play that much, so at least I can say I did something. You you got it. This year... So far, much smaller sample size, obviously, since we're only, whatever, 20% away through the season, three of those. So that, to me, says this is a guy who knows that when he's on the ice, he's still going to get the same amount of minutes because he is the number three center forever and ever as long as he's a ranger in the immediate future. And you have to accept that, that he's going to get the 13, 14 minutes a night. But you still got to do something productive with it. And you know, and that doesn't mean just, you know, throwing a puck on net to get a whistle to get off the ice when you're, <laughs> when you're, 40, when you're 40 seconds are up. Gomer, uh, Scott Gomez always brings this to my attention because after the 0405 lockout, we started receiving stats immediately after the game was played on the game. And you'd get the paper from the guy that would come in and, 
and you'd look at it and the players would be like, okay, I didn't have a goal, didn't have an assist. How many shots did I have? You know, and you really measure your night by how many shots you have. And Gomer would tell me, he's like, guy, if I'm going third period, I got no shots. I know I got no hits. He's like, I'm throwing it at the goalie. I'm, I am tossing it in there because at least, you know, Lou Lamarillo could look at it and say, oh, Scotty had four shots. He doesn't know where they came from at that time. So, and that's why, and quite honestly, I'll just get over this point quickly, but that's why I started a stats company because I wanted to measure quality because Corsi and Fenwick, when it became popular in 2014, made no sense to me because I was a goalie. And I know that I want the outside clear view shots all day. You're doing me a favor. And that's the way hockey is for me. As, uh, as many coaches, including Barry Trotz, always say, don't mistake activity for achievement. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good that, line. That's, that's the, a that's good the line. Versus, that's the quality versus quantity debate, for sure. That's right. That's right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. So next week is Thanksgiving. And that is the very bright red line that's come up in the in the probably in the last 10 years or so of are you in or are you out in the playoffs, Chase? It's uh it's shocking I think to a lot of people that it comes so early in the season. But if you think about it logically, there's three-point games there's the dog days of December, January, February, and then there's the post-deadline March and April where people are making a sprint, and those three-point games seem to seem to exponentially go up as the season goes on, where it's just you're, 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 if you're down below that playoff cut line, it's quicksand to try to claw your way back up because there's not you're not getting two points and somebody else is getting zero. There's a lot of ones out there. <laughs> and um, so I think the, the way that it's discussed – is if you're four points out of a playoff spot on the American Thanksgiving, uh, I think it's under a 20% chance of making the playoffs. The Rangers have been not great results-wise, very good process-wise and playing-wise, but the results have not been there, and they've been on that cut line above and below a little bit. But four points out is not some, it's not a spot that they've been yet. And obviously there's four very big road games before Thanksgiving where chance to pick up eight points. If they get six points out of these next four games, we're not having this conversation the next time you and I talk. They are, they are safely in a playoff spot. They're yeah. playing the right way. Igor Shosturkin is back to being Igor Shosturkin and we'll go on to analyze some other things other than whether this team can really miss the playoffs. But <clears throat> I guess it's a couple of things. Now, is that something that's become... I don't know if popular or just aware in locker rooms of that Thanksgiving cutoff. I mean, last season, 
Obviously, we weren't in the locker room. But the eight East playoff teams were the eight East playoff teams probably by this time, maybe even a little bit earlier. That was that was an anomaly where it was you know such a huge spread between the eight that got into position early, all had great starts. The other teams in the East did not have good starts, and that was the end of it. No one mm-hmm. could catch up. This year, it's obviously a little bit more jumbled. You see the Devils on an incredible run, 10 in a row. Kudos to them. They finally put it together. Uh, kudos to Lindy Ruff, who they were chanting, fire Lindy at the beginning of the season. Now, I think they're apologizing to him over there at the Rock, which they should be. Uh, the Islanders look like the Islanders again, a team that doesn't play the prettiest hockey, but but has great goaltending and can beat you, especially when they once they get a lead. Um, and also, they can come back on you, as they did on the Rangers last week. Carolina is Carolina. And then there's the Rangers and Washington and Pittsburgh, three teams that you'd expect, I think, to be in a playoff position now. Washington and Pittsburgh are in much worse positions than the Rangers right now because they've had a much tougher time. Um, just where do you see it when you look at the East and where do you see the Rangers kind of fitting in? I know we talked like we've talked maybe it's time to panic a little bit because they're not <laughs> shooting well. Now we're sort of feeling a little more comfortable because their chances for and against are in very good position um, you know, what, what do you look at this group and say, am I worried about Thanksgiving coming? Am I not worried about Thanksgiving coming? What do you think? So my number was, I think the same as yours, which is the Rangers. If they go three and one on this four game road trip, they'll have 25 points and that would have them safely in and pretty comfortable to, it's a lot easier to assess your team after Thanksgiving when you're in, because you don't have to you don't have to make any knee-jerk reactions that if you're Gerard Glant, you don't want to make, right? You don't have to, if you don't have to push the panic button if you're Chris Drury and pull pull a trade just to shake up the locker room because maybe we're out by four or five. This allows you just to keep tr- chugging through your season. You're happy with where you're at. 25 points would be very comfortable. A three and one record on this road trip would be perfect. Overall, when I look at the playoffs, Every year, one team surprises us that gets in and one team surprises us that drops out. That's the way I've always looked at hockey. So before we get into the season, I'm anticipating that uh, Pittsburgh's going to be in. They're not in right now. Um, I wasn't expecting Washington to be any better than what they are, but the team that surprised us was New Jersey. Now, this is interesting to note. New Jersey is probably the best underlying team in, in all of hockey right now. Statistics mm-hmm. support their record. 60 teams in NHL history have won 10 or more games during an NHL season. Only two of those teams didn't make the playoffs. Let's just say that New Jersey is going to make the playoffs. Okay? Right. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> That's fair. I mean, yeah. With going, they earned it. When, when they go on a heater like that, if they play 500 the rest of the way, or even a little, they'll be okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give New Jersey uh, the first the first team out of the Metro that's getting in. And I think we're going to be looking at New Jersey, the Islanders, Carolina, and the Rangers. And I don't care who finishes where. You've got to go through the Metro with the setup that you have. And if you happen to be in the wild card, and I mean, right now where the Rangers sit, they'd be playing Tampa. But who cares? I mean, you got to go through somebody that's good anyway, you know? And and I don't mind who matchups and things like that. I know that they matter. We'll talk about them months from now. But right now... Just get in. That's 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 the message. Um, where the Rangers are with how they're playing, I really don't have a lot of complaints. I, I just don't. I, the only thing I don't like is the result. You know, they've lost a few games that they should have won. 
and and they've they've won them statistically, but they haven't won them with our eyeballs either. Arthur, if you and I were sitting at a game having a beer and seeing them spit back that lead against the Islanders, you know, even though they won the game analytically, we didn't like the way it looked. Right. You know, and that's just the way it is. And you know, I've I've explained this, and I I want to I want to explain this to the to the listeners because this is very important to me. You can work hard and you can have an identity as a hardworking team. And I can train goalies in the summertime that work hard, but they don't compete. And there's a difference. There's a distinct difference between competing and working hard. I can go up and down the ice as fast as I want and, you know, checks and forecheck a little bit and back check a little bit and get off the ice. But I could have lost three 50-50 puck battles, right? And, and that's the key. Can the Ranger team... As hard as they're working, and some guys are playing some big minutes right now, can they compete on every play because every play matters? And and that's what they have to know right now is that working hard isn't enough. We've got to compete, compete and win. And that means that means what I just said it means. It means every opportunity, there's a player in a battle. I'd love to see them come out with the puck more. All right. I can't argue with any of that, and uh, my voice is pretty much gone, so I'm not going to argue <laughs> with any of it. So, thank you, my friend, Steve uh, Alaket. As time. always, great stuff. Hey, my pleasure, buddy. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, I think we're going to take off next week for Thanksgiving. A little holiday break for everyone out there and us as well. Uh, and I'll get some green tea in my system and see if I can revive myself for. The post Thanksgiving break. But, All right, uh, I can yeah. handle that. I'll be there. You uh, go. I'll be maxing and relaxing in Vermont. I got my family coming in from Nova Scotia, so I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Awesome. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, Steve, and to Chris Flannery, our producer, and to everyone else out there. Thanks for listening to the Garden Faithful. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a review if you're enjoying the show. It really helps us out. You can subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Rangers out here on the West Coast, I'll be out here, and then it's Thanksgiving. Enjoy your days, everyone. We'll see you in a couple weeks.